Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we will explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with members of the Massachusetts Collaborative Law Council. Joining us today are Patrice Brimner, Devlin Farmer, and Jen Hawthorne-Kelsey, all of whom are collaboratively trained divorce attorneys. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Tim. Oh, you're welcome, Tim. Thanks for having us. So let's let's begin with a, a little bit of a conversation about the Massachusetts Collaborative Law Council. What is that? It is an organization of professionals who are all trained in the collaborative process. And our goals, and I, I'm probably going to misstate our mission a little, so I'm looking for help from Patrice and Devlin to fix it. But our goal is to help continue to educate our professionals and also reach out to the public in Massachusetts specifically to make sure that folks understand what collaborative law is and how it can help them in any sort of conflict that they're in. But particularly, we focus a lot on divorce, but not only divorce. Yeah. Patrice, Devlin, anything to just add to that in terms of, of the Massachusetts Collaborative Law Council? Just just to say it is a, a community and the professionals that I work with in that community enrich my practice. And I think that brings um, a dimension to the way I interact and, and work with my clients. And it's 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 a great organization, the, the training, the other professionals, um, and basically that, that sense of community and belonging. Yeah, you talk about other professionals because this is not just made up of of attorneys, right? No, Tim. Actually, our, the Massachusetts Collaborative Law Councils offers an introductory, interdisciplinary training um, that goes three days. I think now it's it it has varied between two and three days over the years, um, and and the focus is on creating. Pro- collaborative professionals that are lawyers, that are financial neutrals, and that are uh, coach facilitators. We've definitely trained other kinds of professionals in collaborative process, but those are the three core team members that we really focus on. So what does it mean, particularly from an attorney standpoint, to be collaboratively trained? Because uh, there are some people who say, oh, yeah, I do collaborative, but they've they've never really been trained. What does it mean to be collaboratively trained. So during our training, we talk a lot about this paradigm shift that has to happen. And from an attorney's perspective, to go from doing litigation in family law or any area to being collaboratively trained really means taking a step back and rethinking how you think about zealous advocacy and thinking about how do you want to best serve your clients So in the training, we focus a lot on making sure that the attorneys are less focused on getting the quote unquote best outcome from their client as they define it, and more focused on listening to their clients to help their clients obtain the best outcome for themselves. And doing that in a way that's really focused on information sharing and transparency and and problem solving so that the folks in the process come out with the best agreement for both of them in a way that meets as many of their needs, interests, and goals. And of course, if there are children involved, their children's needs, interests, and goals as possible. 
Yeah. And I think one of the important things about the collaborative process, there's a commitment not to go to court, right? There absolutely is. In a, in a true full collaborative case, there is a disqualification of those attorneys. Yeah. And, and but it's but it's also that the couple have said we're not going to go to court, uh, that they're committed to the process uh, with what with 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 this collaborative process. And I think that's probably a good direction to go next. What what is this collaborative process? How does it work? So and, and that buy in is what binds and holds together the process that buy in. That we're not going to go to court, that we're not in an adversarial process, that we're. We're a team and we're working together. Um, so, so that process has has steps and stages to it. And it it's kind of based on a let's sit at a table and get things done approach rather than firing off letters between lawyers. And it has, um, as an initial step, we're going to sign an agreement together. We're going to all understand what this process is and ex explain it to the clients. Understand that at the beginning, we're gathering information, we're learning how, um, how to build a roadmap for them in their divorce process. So we have protocols that, that lay out when we're gonna have meetings and how we're gonna do, um, do this process, but we also flex when cases need a different, different approach. Wow. Uh, and and Patrice, can you kind of talk about the roles of the uh, of each of the professionals uh, uh, in the collaborative process? Sure, I'll I'll take a stab, and Jen and Devlin can jump in. Um, so the attorneys are still attorneys in this process, obviously, even though we have undergone this sort of paradigm shift and and are have become. Um, have become skilled in working as a team in a non-adversarial setting, we still maintain attorney-client confidentiality. We have protected communications with our clients and we are advocates to some extent to our clients. Um, but the other professionals are neutral. So there may be a neutral coach facilitator in Massachusetts that's usually a mental health professional, but it may not be. And, and in other jurisdictions, I know um, collaborative teams can form without that role. We, we do use coaches in our collaborative process. And that person will uh, meet with the clients ahead of time and get to know them and, and work in a way as a team manager, sort of, um, and help to guide the process and help the team create agendas before meetings and, and help to us, the rest of us to understand what the what the you know bumps in the road might be with these particular folks and help them through um through the process we also use not in every case but in many cases financial neutrals and those folks bring in it, after undergoing their own paradigm shift and moving away from being advisors to being uh, neutrals who are providing information, not in favor of one client or the other or weighing in on outcome, but just trusted, neutral information. Maybe it's support scenarios or it might be um, different asset division scenarios that the clients can can trust that to be objective. Um, and, and it does away with, in some divorces, you might end up with situations where you've got 
you know, dueling experts on the financial stuff. And in a collaborative case, you'll have one financial neutral. Those are the two most common um, non-lawyer, I hate to use that term, but the two most common neutrals would be the the coach facilitator and the financial. Although I've worked on cases that had um, child specialists, um, business specialists, when, when, you know, if a divorce involves maybe a family business that's restructuring, you might have someone come in as a neutral to talk to the folks about that. Now, I've heard it said that part of the collaborative process uh, is that the neutrals bring their expertise in, which is the secret sauce to getting this done. I do agree. I mean, I, I was trained before I came into the, the collaborative world. I had been trained in law school in client-centered lawyering, which really is based on providing the most reliable information to clients and following the client's needs, interests, and goals, but making sure that they have enough information um, to make decisions for themselves. And that's what I love about the collaborative process is that we can bring that information in and trust that we're bringing our clients uh, neutral information um, and answering all their questions along the way. Yeah. I, I, I think special sauce is kind of the, a, a great way to explain it. The, the coach really is kind of the linchpin, the special sauce that makes these cases um, unique and can lead to outcomes that are surprising, so different than what would happen in court. Amazing results. Um, and it's the personality of these coaches often that that is the catalyst to allow that to happen, to allow bridges to be built. Jen? Yeah, and I, I would just add that I think the other neutrals, so if we bring in a financial or we actually have a realtor who trained as a neutral um, for our organization, I think that bringing in neutral experts takes out that competing expert issue that that arises in litigation where folks have two different experts that they really trust who are giving different values for things or different opinions on things. And that's gone in the collaborative process where they're agreeing in advance on who to hire and whose opinion to listen to and getting information from the same source with the ability to ask that same source all the questions that they have. So I think that also adds to that. It's a, it's a spice in that sauce, maybe. So was there a, was there a point in time in each of your practices when you said, I need to do divorce this way. Was there was there that sort of point where where it just became um, uh, clear to you that this was the best way to handle divorce? For sure, absolutely. Yeah, I remember it very clearly, and I I reached out to I I had a um, a really uncomfortable heated conversation with the client who was um, really wanting a you know. I, one a stereotypical like bulldog um in their corner and and I just couldn't go where they needed me to go. Um and I knew that it wasn't gonna end well for them if I did. And and I didn't like the acrimony between me and my client. I, I that's what I couldn't stand. Um and I picked up the phone and called somebody who was already trained in this and she said, hey, there's a the Mass Collaborative Law Council is doing a training next week. You should you should come. And and I did, and I haven't looked back. What was it for you, Devlin? Um 
for me, I was coming from a, a background where I was a legal aid lawyer and doing a lot of housing cases. And then I was in government. And, and then I ended up in this family law firm where everyone um, was, was starting to get excited about this new thing called collaborative law. And it was what I loved about sort of housing cases. And these were often, these were usually evictions is that we would bring in a psychologist or um, a social worker to, to help problem solve underlying issues that were going on at somebody maybe um, having a hoarding problem or some, something like that. And in family law, there's lots of underlying issues. There's lots going on. This is not a business transaction. There is an emotional complexity to what is going on. And so it made perfect sense that we would work as a team, bring in the relevant experts, whether it's to evaluate a, a stock unit or to support support the clients emotionally, it just made sense. And it was, it was, yeah, from then on, I was away to the races. I loved it. Yeah. Jen, what about you? So my my story is a little different, I think, than Patrice and Devlin. I came out of law school at a time when it was difficult to find a, a job um, just based on the economy. And so I took a little bit of time off to start having children. And when I came back to working, I had gone to law school thinking I wanted to do something that put some good out there in the world. And where I landed was opening my own firm and focusing on, at first, family law and estate planning, because those both felt like areas where I could learn the law with proper mentorship myself and actually do some work. And really, really quickly, when I started networking, I was lucky enough to hear another colleague of ours in Massachusetts, Layla Wan, speaking. And she was talking about her aha moment of coming into collaborative. And I, so right at the very beginning of my career, learned about collaborative and started learning more about mediation and decided to focus my family law practice on out-of-court practice entirely. So I, I think I sort of lucked out because I landed in this community right from the start. So we're doing this podcast in advance of Divorce with Respect Week, which is coming up March 4th through 8th. And it's an opportunity for people to do a, a consultation at no charge to learn about the divorce process, their options, and in particular about collaborative. Uh, if someone is going to uh, schedule a consultation with you, and Jen, we'll start with you first. Uh, what's the what's the best way to prepare for that? Is it just show up or should they come in with some specific kinds of questions? So I think a consultation should be a time where they're really exploring whatever is going on in their mind as far as divorce and what their objectives are and their interests and goals. So I'm not ever really in a consultation expecting to get to a real substantive outcome. I'll answer questions on different things that people are curious about. But I think the best way to prepare is just to think about what are their goals for any process to obtain a divorce? And, and what are they looking for the end product to look like so that I can talk to them about different ways to get there? Yeah. Patrice, with a, in a consultation with you, anything that, that you would suggest someone should, should do in preparation? No, I think much like Jen, I think just come, come with your questions and, uh, you know, maybe an open mind about what's possible and and we'll have a conversation. Uh, Devlin? Yeah, I agree with both Patrice and Jen. Often what people bring to an initial consultation is a 
is fear and confusion. And what happens at the initial consult usually is we talk about a next step. And I think people feel very reassured when they know, okay, this is this is the next step I can take. And they can step beyond the confusion to begin the the process of resolving um the the issue that's brought them to to my office. Great. Well, thank you all for joining us today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Uh, you can schedule a consultation uh, with uh, a member of the Massachusetts Collaborative Law Council by going to divorcewithrespectweek.com. Um, if you want to learn more about the Massachusetts Collaborative Law Council, go to www.massclc.org. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, this reminder, once again, Divorce with Respect Week is March 4th through 8th. And for more information, go to divorcewithrespectweek.com. This is Tim Crouch reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.